Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring flicks Um, alright, so listener, here's the deal, I'm gonna be frank with you Carl and I need to get ready for our radio show So we're gonna finish up Christine now I think we hit most of the big beats that I wanted we to cover on the show anyway. We hit the big discussions, yeah. Um, now, that said, Carl, <laughs> the broad theme of Christine, I, I just want to bring this up because I know we're going to talk about it with Tulane Blacktop, yeah. and I want to make sure that we have, like, we've broken ground here. Yeah. So this is especially all of the stuff with Lee and her her choking in the car. That kind of opens the wormhole for this theme of men who love their cars more than women and how women react to deal with and are affected by that this movie is pretty explicit about it because it's all like lee you know lee says repeatedly, they straight up say you care more about the car than you who do, do you me. spend more time with you know she punches the seat and he's like don't slap her yeah he's like hey knock that off don't do that and well, he's you like mad that i slapped your girl right and she she brings it she takes it right to the fore where she's like arnie you're obsessed with this car i'm your girlfriend do you want to have sex with me? Because I said I would, just not in your car. Just I don't, I can't do it here. Right, and is that your sticking point, that we can't have sex in your car? Then in that case, the car seems to be more important than like... Right. You, I'm, I, here I am, your young, nubile girlfriend, and you're like, yeah, but this 1958 is Plymouth. Right. You know, like... And in a weird way, even though it's totally explicitly in this film, I think it is more intimately explored next time. Next next week it is, it is most of the movie is is discovering that once we get once the we, girl right which exactly. is literally the character name once we get the girl in the car it we start this kind of slow burn subplot which is this theme which is when men become obsessed with their cars what does that mean mm-hmm. for for a typical relationship between men and women I think it's interesting that both these movies really dwell on that and that's that's the thing you know like and what's great about it too especially in Tulane Blacktop which we'll talk about later but Christine is still there is it can be replace car with anything exactly movies board games music whatever it is that you are like obsessed with sometimes if you're not careful that can take place or it can replace the importance of a human connection it really can cost you like we being obsessed with your phone or whatever like yes too more too much time on social media and not enough time socializing mm-hmm. with people or your partner and you give power to that thing and you know what's weird is this is not i mean obviously 83 they're talking about this but right. i remember this from when i it's this has not changed and i no. mean maybe le- slightly less so today but i remember back like way back in the in the 90s or like late 90s early 2000s hearing about like you know, it was it'd be in Cosmo, like, oh my, my husband loves his car more than he loves me. Yeah. This is a known it's thing, a thing that happens. Yes, absolutely. Where it's, and 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 I think we can probably dig into it more, but I wanted to make sure that we showed that this theme is starting to crop up already in some of these movies. Where and it actually kind of pops up in, in Herbie. Herbie yep. You know, like, um, we'll we'll and again we'll talk about it more with Tulane, but like that whole like, you you care more about racing than you do about me. You don't understand. It's the freedom of the road. Arnie has a line. There is nothing like the feeling of being behind the wheel of your own car, yeah. except maybe for pussy. And, you know, he, sta- I he mean, tags it in. we get the yeah. LeBay tag up, but but that's important to note that all of the guys who fall into this trap or trope of, like, becoming obsessed with their cars, 
they do all kind of have that one note, which is like, you don't understand, man. It's the freedom of the road. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I've seen 40 movies where 40 other people said exactly the same thing and none of them have a fulfilling relationship with a human. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. it's interesting here, and especially in a horror film. Next week, we'll be wa- talking about something that's more akin to a, like a drama. Uh, oh, absolutely. It's a, a, the American drama. Yeah, it's a, it's a road movie. You it's know? a post-Vietnam War American road drama. Yes. Yeah, that's a very that's a very thorough and succinct explanation of what we're going to talk about next week, but seeing this theme brought up in horror terms kind of gives it its own flavor. It's own it's it it gives it a little kind of scuffy poisonous mm-hmm. uh, patina, you know? And I like that because it becomes a problem in Christine and you you realize that and but you know it's it becomes a uh, sort of like a pulpy high school novel problem in Christine right. but when you see it in Tulane Blacktop you realize like oh but this is actually also an actual thing this too. is a real yeah. problem too like one that has v- far reaching emotional consequences which i thought was kind of cool um we talked jealousy of, for an object is such a isn't that strange strange thing but then on the other side like having that much if someone is jealous because you Max, you love your car more than you love me. Sure. But there's a but you for me to feel that way, there has to be something unhealthy about your relationship with that thing. It's implied, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And one of the interesting things, I, I feel I, I always love like foreshadowing the like the further conversation that'll come, but one of the interesting things about Tulane Blacktop is where this movie kind of outright condemns this. Where yes. it's like Arnie's too obsessed with his car, clearly. And that's very unhealthy, and it's kind of sick, and Lee says as much. In Tulane Blacktop, we see this same dynamic pop up, and our the character uh, uh, James Taylor plays the driver. The driver, yeah. I think he will ultimately kind of come head-to-head with this. It comes head-to-head with this issue in that movie, but he he makes more of a decision. That movie is much more ambivalent about whether or not being obsessed with your car is a sickness or really bad or super damaging, which there's evidence for that in that film. But there's also evidence in that film for that's kind of just the cost of mm-hmm. this other th- This other thing, thing, yeah. You know? And if you're willing to make that payment, then you're willing to make that payment. Exactly. It's almost like it's almost like this is this is a cost. Not right or wrong, right, but right. if you're willing to pay the cost. It's an it's a it's an not amoral as in bad, but it's right. just ab- moral is ab- morals are absent here. This right. is a decision that you make one way or the other and both roads that you could take have their their toll. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. I thought that was really interesting. Um we talked a little bit about the effects of Christine's self-repair, but we also and I guess we did kind of briefly talk about it because when Chris, after Buddy Repperton and Co. destroy the car and Muji shits on the dashboard, um, we do get that shit wipes off. Yeah, great line, dude. Great line, especially because the car killed Muji yeah. the night before. Now, here's what I was wondering because we see Arnie in the car when it comes after Dennis and Lee at the end, but. Was anybody in the car when Moochie died? Was anybody in the car when Buddy Repperton gets killed? I think that that's left ambiguous for us to decide for ourselves. I feel like yes. You think he was there? Yeah. I think he was But he isn't. No, because he's actually when... We know he's not there when Buddy Repperton dies. Exactly, because yeah. they call it, no, he's, yeah, he's right here. He's in the shop. He's about to take your Cadillac down to whatever. But, but I think have... it's not until the end, actually. 
He could have been in when Moochie got killed, but the the reason I think not is I love that little bitty pretty one is playing when little bitty pretty one. Come on, talk to me. Yeah, yeah. When he cr- oh and then it crushes God, yeah. into the alley, dude. That overhead shot of that cr- so great. <laughs> it's, fucking, it's gold, dude. It's like reverse toothpaste. I fucking dig it. Um, but I was I was wondering at this at the very end is like why would Christine let Arnie go through the windshield on an impact? I. You know, I I was wondering that too because it seems very sudden. Where we've seen him cream into that other car, he's he didn't he like hit straight on the bulldozer too. Yeah, at one he point. hits the. He's trying to get he's in. He's hitting Lee. things with was much much more force than that that very light office, and then get ejected from the car. I think maybe. She, Christine ejected him from the car. Like flung Arnie at oh, her, at, at Lee at her. in a way because yeah. maybe Arnie's holding her back, I, holding Christine back. I think that Christine is super jealous of Lee. Right. And there's so much anger in, in, and it's the only time that he is present in the vehicle is when it, it has to do with Lee. Right. Christine's doing it, does it all on her own when it has to do with the bullies, but it means enough to Arnie to be in the car when it means that that so I think it's a jealousy thing from Christine. It's like you want to you want to be here with this girl. All right, you be here with this girl even though he's there to like kill her. Right. There's that much of a fucking emotional connection. I think that Christine ejects him from the car. I think you're right. I almost think like Christine's jealousy throws it Christine literally throws him at Lee. That's what, yeah, I, I almost feel like she uses Arnie as a weapon. It's like that thing where you're so mad that you're grabbing everything around you to hurl at the, your, this this mm-hmm. enemy of yours, right? And I think Christine to very much persona, like um, anthropomorphize anthropomorphize. And Because I, I don't think there's any love between Christine and Arnie that way. I, th- I, don't I think, think there is. I think Christine and Arnie are like, that. they're like each other's... They're like they're connected. They're like soulmate cars mm-hmm. because Christine almost has like a moment of like, oh God, what have I done? Right. Because I almost feel like she's grabbing everything she can to throw just to kill Lee, and she's like, Arnie happens to be there as an available projectile, and in a moment of rage, I know I'm giving a car I'm like emotions sure. and thoughts, but in a moment of rage, she's like fucking throws Arnie at Lee. Like if I can't reach her because I'm about to hit this she, thing. Well, Christine has enough thought to play songs through the radio that are that are. Like knock, you can come knocking, but you can't come in. Right. But like, so she is intelligent enough to form human thoughts. Yeah. And know what to play to. I can't remember what song plays after Arnie's dead, because Arnie like set ha- he gets a glass in his heart. Uh, it, I think it's I don't know why I love you, but I do. Okay. Well, see, there's that's really interesting to me, which is like, okay, now Arnie's dead. He was go- like, you know, going for Lee or whatever, and I was so jealous, but I. I still feel regret that I killed right. you. Like there's this weird poignant moment between a car and a dead teenager, yeah. you know? Um, and this is, this is, let's talk about this. Cause we mentioned it's like, at the beginning. It's Christine's. I wish I could quit you moment. It totally is. Yeah. You're like, Oh, I wish the hell I could quit you. Um, t- by the way, the teeth hood when she crashes and they like cut like a jaw, like a, the, like the fanged jaw into the hood. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, my my brain was like, it now isn't that goofy, but every other cell in my body was like, yes! Brilliant! Yes, a car with jaws! <laughs> I fucking loved it, dude. I love how Christine will 
chomp onto other cars and drag them around like yes. a wild animal. Yeah, yeah, pulling Buddy Repperton's Camaro back out of yep. the service station before ramming it into so uh, the drunk guy with the fro. I can't. Hey, isn't that Arnie? Yeah, <laughs> can't be. Um, imagine everyone's shock who was involved in destroying that car when, like, two days later, it's mint. They're like. Wait. Hold well, on. everyone that had a hand in destroying it gets killed the very next day. Good point. Good point. Yeah. No one around like, to be hey, like, "What night? Oh, I'm dead." Well, now. we totally Um. So this is the uh, now I wrote this down because Arnie pull. He tries to hug Lee and then kind of collapses backwards, and we see that he's got essentially Michael Myers' knife blade of glass oh, in his so heart. Disgusting. When he pulls it out, when he pulls it out, you can see for one second how they did it. It's it's like it's like a thin rubber that fold that sl- folds. Oh, so it's, it's bendy. bent against his chest and when he pulls it out, it kind of is hidden by the shirt, but when he holds it up and he's like, "Ah," and he goes to move it, it wiggles oh, just the ah. slightest amount. And I'm like, "That is brilliant." Yep. Brilliant effect. Um, but he he reaches out and he gently strokes Plymouth the face right Yeah so he strokes Christine's I'm gonna say Face or her like mouth or whatever and then Like his hand slips lower Slips lower and then his middle two Fingers nestle Into that that V The mm-hmm. Plymouth V on the front of The Belvedere and he kind of Dude there's no way that's not Intentionally sexual because he He gets to the yep. crotch at the bottom of the V and his fingers like linger there Kind of caressing yep. dude he's Rubbing Christine's clit Yep, a hundred percent is what yep. we're watching. Yep. Both times I watched it, I was like, "That is almost obscene how sexual it's, that is." Yeah, it's exactly. Crazy. Like, that feels real awkward. Like I need to get me one of those cars. Yeah. You know, like, but I really thought that was interesting. What do you think of the decision to put Arnie in the car rather than have him out on the street? I get why they did I it. I think you have to for the film, and I because I think that it makes the ending make sense for us if we. How do you cut to How cut do you back cut and to f- you yeah. would have to establish that other like a, a more direct connection like spooky action in the distance right, sort right. of the relationship between the two of them too much cutaway too it's, it's too much it, and and you have them in two separate spaces it's really hard to like connect those two things in any sort of meaningful way but to have them present in the car be a mess of editing yeah yeah be a mess of editing and this just makes it it brings it all in one space where you can just be in that moment. It's it's the finale. It's the exclamation point on the whole damn thing. It so didn't, I didn't I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. I just kind of wondered how it how it changed what the film yeah. meant. Whereas like in the film, Arnie essentially ends up fully corrupted. Yes. Whereas in the movie, or yeah, in the uh, in the book, Arnie kind of earns some redemption through that mm-hmm. weird car crash suicide thing. I can't remember because it, it's either he's trying to help his friends or it's that Christine is dead and he doesn't want to live anymore. It's right. one of the two. So, listener, read the book. Tell me which is yeah. which is right. Um, and then the other thing that was absent from this film that to me was the best scene in the or the like at least the most intense and most impactful scene in the book for me was when Christine destroys that house. I don't know if you remember, oh but oh my. God. But I and I can't even she remember like Blues Brothers a house. I can't remember who she's who she kills. She ends up who she ends up killing. It might be darn like she, I can't remember. But Christine drives into someone's living room to try and kill him. And like these, I, it might even be the kids, and they might escape. But they like get to the stairs, and they're like, "Holy shit!" And now Christine is fully in the living room, and they talk about how like they're choking on exhaust because mm-hmm. it's filling the house, and she's slamming into the side of the staircase over and over. And they're like, "We're safe as long as we're on the second floor." 
And then Christine, like, finds this weird angle and rams the staircase and is, like, tires squealing <laughs> up the fucking yeah. stairs, like, a couple inches at a time. And the, the Stephen King's absolute mastery of description, you can just see Christine dismantle. Imagine what a 20-foot-long Detroit V8 Plymouth Belvedere could do to a house if you just turned it loose. Mush. And the idea... I, Carpenter, to Carpenter's credit, he catches the same unstoppable force feel of the house destruction with one of my favorite shots in this entire film, which is when that caterpillar drops that front bucket on the trunk and Christine... The, it's it, inching, it's still going. Oh my God, dude. He, drops, he tries to drop the hooks. Of course, it's concrete, so there's nothing to grab. Right. He's pushing so hard down with the hydraulic that it lifts the, the tracks end, up. Yeah. And Christine is still like... Vroom, 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 getting an inch, getting an inch, just still rolling forward, dragging this fucking 15,000-pound piece of that equipment. That caterpillar is, is not a light piece of equipment. No, no, dude. Smoke out of the hood. It is one of the coolest fucking shots ever. And it's, it's the jaw moment where you're like christine is truly terrifying the mm -hmm. the burning car the burning car is well, outstanding beautiful beautiful stunt driving oh my God. beautiful cinematography <gasps> that slow roll but let's be real buddy Riperton, all he had to do was not run down the center of the highway yeah you just go left or right even a, i'm gonna be I, I got dude even a non-evil car can kill you if you run down the middle of the highway oh, yeah. like that's how accidents happen that's how buddy yeah you got off the road yeah there's a there's a shoulder and actually, if you go away from the shoulder, like into the woods where this, this Christine's got like two inches of clearance, just get and, off the road. And, and if you can't breathe, don't put your head out the window. Yeah. Don't. Dude. How, here's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, what was the, what's the plan to get that stuntman out of the car? I don't know. Do you like, do they put the car out or do they have him open the door? Because if you open the door, does the fire rush into that vacant be, space like where the a oxygen is? What you, the fuck? Yeah, do you have an interior of the car backdraft, or do they have, like, 50 guys ready to put that car out? Or is out? it remote-controlled? I don't think it's remote-controlled. I didn't look it up, but I'm hoping it's not. I don't think it is, because it, How, but that's the, it backs when it, out. Because when it—it's a blaze when it's chasing Buddy, but— That's for sure a when driver. It, when it, yeah, but when it first leaves a gas station, it is so engulfed in flame. Unbelievably on fire. I mean, it is, like, all on fire. There's an angle when it pulls— uh, so it backs out like fully in flame and then it pulls past and there's a couple seconds, maybe five seconds. It's kind of like an upper rear left three quarters view down and you can see that the flame is going over the two headlight tunnels, but the, tr the hood is clear. That's how the driver's seeing. And when, from the side, you can't see that because it's just vertical flames. But as so the, it looks like it's an, old it's an old Hollywood technique with like flame bars where if you put the flame in front, it looks, it looks like everything's on fire. Yeah, and it looks like the car's fully on fire, but that one view shows that they kept the hood clear. So I'm t I think that's a driver needed to see. So I think that's a stunt driver just bawling out, dude. That's um, a, I mean, that's a, that's a nom for sure. That is a fucking impressive stunt. Like, yeah. dude, Michael Myers, Michael Myers walking out. I just love a burn. That's know, all it is, too. dude. Somebody, something about someone who's like fully engulfed in fire. For sure. Got it. Let's do this. Dude, I watched a Kane Hodder documentary about when he got fucking burned. Yeah. 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 Holy shit, dude. Oh. There's a, there's a. It's it's like we were talking about earlier. Everything's got a price tag, and yep. getting to be Jason Voorhees and one of the most legendary movie monsters slash stuntmen of all time, part of that price tag that might price, be you yeah. get fire on you. It wasn't even during a movie shoot. He was doing a fucking like 
uh, a radio thing. He was doing a a, a piece for a I local. Didn't know this. Yeah, he was doing a piece for a news, and he was going to do a burn. Yeah, I thought it was sh- for one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies. No, this was like Offset. <gasps> he was gonna he was gonna do a burn for like a news story, sure. and he he couldn't get the regular accelerant that he wanted, so he went with something different, and. It burned too hot, too fast, in like two thirds of his body, just completely on fire. It's the clothes stuck to him, yeah. and he went to a hospital that didn't specialize in burn care, and it was so bad where they were just like flaying skin off of him and hoping it would, he was gonna fucking die until his buddy or a friend of his like we're gonna put you in a different fucking hospital, his parents or somebody. Yeah, and like within three weeks of being in this new place, they're like you're gonna be okay but spent like some ridiculous amount of time like six months where every day they would take the back side of a scalpel not the sharp end and scrape off all the reminds me of reds you ever see red sparrow Remember the bit where they're planing yeah, off that okay. guy? Yeah, sorry, it's fucking so gross. But it's anyway, really every time I see a burn, I think of of Kane Hodder, this big fucking dude talking and just emotional talking about how bad that was, that, and wanting to die every day. That's of why. How it is. That's why on screen burns impress me so much. Yeah. Is there are those that stunt? No matter how safe you're doing it, no matter yep. how oh we've got all the technicians here, the stakes on that are so fucking high. Like yeah. no matter how you're doing that burn, man, those stakes that you are rolling the dice, yep. even with all your safety precautions in place, that is your life savings on the table every time you do a burn. And the people who, the people who do that. By the way, speaking of stunt people, sorry to de- not yeah. to sidetrack. Do you see Tom Savini got hit by a car? What? Like uh, six weeks or eight weeks ago, he got on the right side of his body. He cut. He he put on his Instagram pictures of him in the ER with his head split the fuck open. Bo- just couldn't use his right arm at all. Got nailed by a car. Seventy six years old, I want to say. Yeah, dude's almost eighty years old. He posted yesterday, and the reason I brought this up is he posted this. He posted yesterday on Instagram a video of him bowling and using his right arm. He says the first time in six weeks that I've been able to use my right arm, and I celebrated by going bowling. Seventy incredible. Yeah, dude, just walked it off like a fucking champ. Savini, man. Fucking that dude Savini. is like just a. And if you really want your heart to grow three sizes this day, uh, Instagram co- there is like a conversations in his Instagram comments, and the number one comment was back and forth between him and Zoe Bell. Oh, fuck. I know, dude. I was like, she asked him, she's like, shit, how are you doing? And he's like, he's I'm one of the best stunt people in yeah, the business. Right. He's like, he's like, uh, took a, took a car to my right shoulder and, uh, shattered. Zoe's like, shit, they seems here, babe. Well, he goes, <laughs> oh, that's she, not a good Australian accent. And she's from New Zealand. Yeah. Never, never call a Kiwi an Aussie. It's oh, in death proof, dude. Fucked up <laughs> so bad just now. I'm sorry, Zoe. Yeah. Forever apologies. Forever apologies. Um, but he goes, I, I sh- uh, shattered a windshield with my head. Seventy six. You would have loved it, <laughs> dude. Just tough ass people from yesteryear, dude. Zoe Bell and Tom. Dude, that Sabine. made me want to cry. That's incredible. I know. Dude. I'm getting a little emotional too. These are my these are my heroes, dude. Yeah. Like I know. Oh I know that modern movies are great. Death but Proof is one of my favorite Quentin Tarantino movies. I know man. he doesn't like it, but I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge I think it's fan. Yep. We'll do it sometime. So which um, way are you going? Right? Yeah. Uh, too bad it's not left. Yeah. He could have gone maybe 10, 12 minutes before he had to get scared. But now, you're going to have to get scared, scared real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> um, So let's see. I've got... Uh, okay. I have one complaint about Darnell's death. I could have used a little bit of gore. This movie's got an R rating. Yeah. The, it was a little bit like... The first take on that one I, or something. I, kept, I don't know. I kept waiting for the windshield. You know, it's all, like, fogged over, and then you just see, like, a... 
Because if you if you like do the brain explode, you yeah. know, but the windshield's all ashy, then you only see it a little, and you make your own inferences. It's a cheap effect, easy yep. to clean up. The car's already fucking totaled. Why not? Why not blow a little blood around? We on the we inside? get him like. Yeah, he just goes like, and, and, then, then, and he falls down. over. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And the thing for me is, this movie was originally going to be, there was no PG-13 when this came That's out. That's right. So they they were like, this might be a little too much for a PG, but it's not enough for an R. So all the F words in here were inserted to earn the R rating. Nice. And when the movie came out, it was universally criticized for using the F word. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so how about how about you give me Darnell's head exploding? Show me his eyes pop out. Yep. I know you can do it. You fucking made the Belvedere regrow, dude. You can pull off an eyeball coming out. There, you know? Is there any gore in this besides him pulling the glass shard out of him? No, we no. don't see any of it. No. Well, okay. We we didn't talk about Buddy Repperton's fucking flaming body just oh, that's appearing. Really cool. It's so cool because she's rolling and she's on fire, and you're like, where's Buddy? Where's Buddy? And then he just kind of, the car doesn't even like bump bump bump. Buddy just like appears fully engulfed in flames behind the car which is outstanding um he's dead now and actually that that is that is all of my notes for christine except for arnie does not fucking know how to pour a beer which is why why we started the day with guinness today i would like to point out that we started the day with two perfectly properly 112 second poured guinnesses it was just the right way to start the day. And I did it to atone for the shameful Stein of he Foam. He just that upends <laughs> that well, Southern Cross, Southern Cross. beer. <laughs> it is 98% head. Yes. And then gives his buddy Dennis shit because what? You don't want to drink it? Yeah, you don't like beer? I thought you liked beer. Yeah. I do like beer. Drink up, buddy. Come on, but pal. You, you poured me a bunch of skunk. Yeah, where's the beer? And... Foam. What's um? What do you got? Are you these is this whipped cream? Animals. Give me a can of whipped cream. They're animals. Animals. So to and that was also back in the day when the, the beer cans were like oil cans, man. <laughs> they were they were not fucking around. They're all like Sapporo cans. Right. You have to have like the key in your pocket exactly. to even pop the sucker. Yep. You know, like if, all right. Oh man, my uh, my beer opener won't start. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Mad Men. I know how this works. Oh hell yeah. Um. So you, do you have anything else? I don't, man. I fucking love this movie though. It's one of my this was I, I feel like so lucky the last five weeks we've watched like really most of my favorite movies from <laughs> from like my childhood. Um, you know, I I it was a really it was a cool insight to like young Carl because seeing we talked earlier about how the how many of these Belvedere's got destroyed. Mm-hmm. There is one Belvedere destruction in here that's just so good that you can't even be mad, and it's watching a caterpillar just drive back and forth on top of it's a car. It's like a, like a tank rolling over yeah. a candy bar. It's you're insane. Like, you're all set to be like that poor car, but then you're like, I've been wow. to I've been to demolition during. Yeah, this. it reminded me like going to see like Bigfoot like <laughs> yes, crush dude. a bunch of cars and shit. It's so this this whole movie it really catches the flavor of the mm-hmm. book, um, and it is. It is very much distinctly John Carpenter's thing, too. It's not that, like, you know, oh, we're going to make an exact adaptation, and all you know is that you can't even tell who's like who directed it. It's just the book on screen. Right. This is not that. This is John Carpenter's – they call it John Carpenter's Christine, yeah. you know, and I think that's I think that's accurate. Absolutely. He really yeah, his put signature his, is all over it, man. That's for great. sure. The score cannot – and not just the soundtrack, but that synthy – Yeah, that's, well, that's a point that we didn't make here that people might not be aware of, that he – John Carpenter scores all of his own films, including yeah. this one, and it's an incredible score. It's really good. It's that John Carpenter synthy shit, and it's fucking incredible. Yeah, dude. He's uh, 
the kid's got good hands, as yep. they say, you know? Yep. It's for sure. And I um, love that his son helped rescore Halloween 2018 or whatever. The Oh, yeah. Is yeah. is it John Carpenter's son who yeah. does the score for that? Yeah, him and his son, yeah. We're only a couple movies away from that, I and I cannot wait. Me either. And if you want to listen in as Carl and I get ever closer to perhaps the best, perhaps the second best, one of the best Halloween movies of all time with 2018's Halloween. We're going to get through the two zombie ones. That's though. true. I like the zombie ones, too. We'll talk about them. And we're going to yeah, talk we about them over on Patreon.com slash Film. Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. If you've got thoughts about Christine, mm-hmm. if you want to tell us your favorite Stephen King books or what you th- how big is your collection or what, what John Carpenter movies, or if you want to tell Carl that Ghosts of Mars is the best Fucking John I Carpenter. would love to if that's somebody's favorite Carpenter flick. I would love to hear about it. So so let us hear about it. Send it on over. Send your emails to measuringflickspodcast at gmail.com. or you can check us out on uh, Measuring Flicks on Instagram. I've been posting there um, semi regularly. We're gonna get Carl hooked up with the the uh, login mm-hmm. info too. We're gonna be hopefully there'll be I some throw ads up on Facebook about once a week. Uh, the measure and we're just measuring flicks on Facebook as well. Yeah. All right, so you know where to find us. Send us your thoughts. Send us your requests. We've we were we're doing three movies this year that are listener requests. So drop drop us on over. We always love oh, to yeah. watch new cool shit. So we're getting out of here. We got to go to a, do a radio show with. <laughs> we the... gotta we gotta go do a radio show. Yeah, no sorry, big... sorry no guys. They're uh, they're expecting us in the studio. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we will we'll catch you next time. I cannot stress this enough, man. Um, you don't have to watch it to understand the episode, but it's worth watching. Check out Tulane Blacktop before next week um, hard to find it is a little difficult to find i had to watch it on facebook you watched it on facebook yeah i bought the criterion blu-ray which how was your quality you should maybe watch my Criterion. i was gonna ask me if i could borrow it for another watch before we do because we might do that borrow away my friend um I watched it on a screen that's this big yeah don't do that get my blu-ray <laughs> i'll take the blu-ray home um so yeah uh stay tuned for that all of the shows all of the automobile shows so our next three episodes will all be main season we're kind of doing that um as a tie-in for the radio show Absolutely. so patrons you've got other stuff coming don't worry anybody who is curious about the show though head on over to spotify itunes wherever you listen to your podcast just look up measuring flicks and you'll find us there thank y'all so much for listening keep those engines running oh we got to adjust the carb <laughs> mine has too much banana in it. <laughs> you got a real axle foley exhaust on yours <laughs> Caught me in a swallow. <laughs> Maybe I'll tack that on yeah. as the end of the. <laughs> <laughs>